0: Let Sherry, Baby rock your soul. She's gonna help you break the mold. She's super magic, truth be
1: told. Ooh, oh, oh, oh. Got lots and lots of musical gold. Spirituality, conviviality, sexuality, quality time on the air. Quality time on the air. Quality time on the air. On the air. With Cherry, cause and effect. Hey, everybody, I want to say welcome to Cause and Effect. You know, we're in the middle of a really, really juicy pass the mic right now where all of the different communities that I have been um, emphasizing the need uh, for um, liberation of (laughs) are we I've been passing the mic to all of these incredible folks just for the last few months. And so I I had to stop passing the mic and get here um, with Brennan myself because um alan who is the head producer of the broadway podcast network here um just immediately direct like directly contacted me about brennan and said i you want to get this guy on your podcast because it seems like brennan's right up your alley (laughs) and i responded and i was like he's mine (laughs) so i'm so happy to be here with you and um so you know, the, the best thing that I could do is just give you a brief introduction, tell you a little bit what I understand about you right now. But mostly, I just want to ask you everything I can about what brought you to this moment of your artistry. Yeah. Um, so, everybody, this is Brennan Sisri-kun.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. I asked Brennan uh, to practice uh his name with me um, before because of how important it is for us to be able to take that moment and call people by their name in appropriate ways. We all want to be seen and heard. And so take that extra time and figure that out, everybody, um, because now I'll never forget it. And now I'll never say it wrong. And so I just want to say thank you for that, Brennan.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, know what? thank you, Sherry, because I do I think that is so important. And I think for me, for so long, I gave people a pass. Yeah. And a a pass to also like a joke about it. Like when they would try, like at a ceremony, when they would try to say my name, they would first joke that it was so hard, like, you know what I mean? And I look back on those times and I'm like, but that wasn't funny.
1: That wasn't funny. (laughs) I had to go play along with your inability to take a moment and care about me.
0: Yes, the, I remember the first time in a ceremony that anyone had ever said my name like perfectly correctly. Yeah, was my college graduation, and wow. my it was because my mom they my mom had said they had called her the day before. Wow! To ask to ask. And so they said the person said it perfectly. I I was shook.
1: I bet you were shook. Because if that's the first time anybody's ever done that, yeah. shook, shook is an understatement. You were I, was, probab- sh- I
0: yeah. was like I was like what my IPA was that good? Like because we had to write on the card, you know? And like I didn't know IPA, so I went to one of my music ed, like, friends, because I was musical theater, and I was like, how do you write my name? (laughs) And so they wrote it, and I was like, maybe we did a really good job, and then at lunch (laughs) later that day, my mom was like, no, they called me yesterday. Yeah,
1: but thank God, right, because wasn't that cool for you to graduate, and I think, if, if I'm correct, I think you went, you studied musical theater, Rhode Island College?
0: Rhode Island College, yes.
1: So, um, so I think that that probably felt extra special, great to actually graduate and have your your name heard correctly in that yeah. kind of circumstance. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I even think like since then, Sherry, like you're so right. Like so often we give people a pat, like a pass to either like try to Americanize it or like. To make themselves feel comfortable, you know? And um I had contacted Alan, the head of BPN, uh, which I am such a fan, so I am yeah. honored to be here. And I am honored to be in the presence of Sherry, who <laughs> I considered no, who I consider to be a legend, Sherry. Like when people think about pop rock and musical theater. They think about you. Like Oh my God! You know, you're synonymous with it now. And I remember I was telling you, I remember gosh, Sherry, this must have been like seven or eight yeah. years ago. It was a long time ago. But Joy Doing was holding auditions for the National Tour of Rent. I think it was maybe like the twenty fifth anniversary or Yes,
1: it was. Yes, it was. I sat like in that. on the auditions. Yep, I sat in and on the auditions.
0: And Sher- Sherry sat in the auditions. And I remember Sherry coming in the holding room and saying, y'all are singing very angry songs. What you, She came out with Joy, and they both were like, what you need to understand is that Rent is about love.
1: <laughs> and you were auditioning that day for Rent.
0: Yeah, and I was auditioning that day for Wren. Um, uh, back then, I was crazy, Sherry.
1: Yeah, uh, in what way?
0: I I've I've um, since graduating uh, minus when I did the Disney College Program right afterwards. I've lived in the Boston area. So <gasps> yes. I, so I you- wasn't I wasn't in New York. So mm-hmm. back then, before I had representation, I would like take the one a.m. bus. And sit my butt outside of Pearl Studios and Ripley Greer. And like, sometimes in the freezing cold, Um, you know. And I remember it snowed that day that we had that rent audition. Yeah, and I I used to go home right after I got seen. So it was like a whirlwind day. And I I just want to say that I, too, sang an angry song. (laughs) Do you remember what song you had? By the fray, and to be honest, when Sherry had approached me about being on the podcast, it was like, "Oh my god, Sherry, do you still coach?" Because I have <laughs> never, I've never really found a pop rock song that I felt suited me. I sang some song by the fray, but like, I I didn't have the range. I didn't have the range to like sing the best part of the song. <laughs> um, <laughs> no re- really so I, I i sang like a dumb cut of the song um but then after that for a pop rock song i took your advice and i said well most shows are about love
1: yeah
0: and, and um i started singing you've got a friend by carol king oh my god and do you
1: sing that at auditions
0: yeah, I do, but like like I was telling you in the email, I also want to sing like a bop.
1: Oh, I'll get you a bop. You know? I'll get you a bop. Listen, uh, Brennan, I want to go back to something you were just talking about, which is that you went at 1 a.m. You got on the bus. You waited outside in a snowstorm to audition for Rent. For anybody who doesn't know you, because I didn't give you too big of a formal aduc- uh, re- introduction because we just got right into it, you were in a
0: chair. For me, I identify as a a disabled person rather than a person with a disability because I feel like we shouldn't even be talking about my personhood. Like that's a given, right? And the with makes me feel like we're a little bit letting society off the hook from seeing that I am disabled and people people say well 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 your disability doesn't define you well why do you say that because forever we have put a negative stigma on disability when my life is positive that's right <laughs> and and i exist as a disabled person i am but i am disabled
1: right it's not something like, uh, you know, a person with a child or a person with, you know, it, it's it it it's how it, you it, live your life. Yes, it,
0: it actually is who I am. Yes, it does yes. define me, but it's not right. negative, right? That I feel like that's where this shift needs to happen, right?
1: disability up until this point has been seen by the world as a bad thing so that yeah. you know, a person with a disability means you identify them as a human being first and then you address the bad thing that they have to deal with and what yeah. you're saying is who said that what I'm who said I'm dealing with and it's bad
0: yes because you're saying that my life and my existence my being is bad like that makes me feel really shitty you know what I'm- yes. yes. It does, right? And like, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Like my, I grew up in a kind of an ableist household. My dad is Chinese. And so if you're looking at the fabric of the world, the world is ableist. So what kind of model do we have, right? Sherry, when the ADA was only enacted in what, 1990? Before then, disabled people didn't have rights. Um, And let's also say that disability is the only minority group that anyone could fall into at any time, right? So let us remind ourselves that there are Black people who are disabled. There are Asian people like myself who are disabled. There are Latinx people that are disabled. There are rich people that are disabled, poor people that are disabled, Um, although given how hard it is to find employment as someone with a disability. Most disabled people are poor. I was going to um, say,
1: that sounds like very, very uh, typical. Few. Yeah. Yes, right. Very few.
0: few right. Very few um, people with dis- people disabled people aren't wealthy because, first of all, it costs an awful lot to be disabled, <laughs> um, to, you know, conquer the barriers that we have to, a lot of times cost money and I'm, I'm very fortunate to be employed, but that's not, um, what the, the case for a lot of people. So for example, somebody was saying, Oh, the Nike shoes that were made, right. That's great. But they also cost like $350. And for, and for disabled person who is, um, Living on social security because they can't work or whatever the case may be, like, what?
1: Mm. Yeah. So, you. so I think what you're saying is that the world has not made itself, for lack of a better term, accessible
0: for yeah. you. Uh, or 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 not not only for me, right? But but, but for millions of my. Right
1: anybody who's disabled in-
0: right yes yes, and, yes. And, and, and sherry let's be real with you I have privilege within my own community in what way i, I I'm employed I can yeah. uh, I can afford this apartment even though it is um through a subsidy still um i i I'm able to have a personal care attendant yes. um Uh, But other than that, I, you know, live independently. I, you know. Yeah. Had the ability to go to college. Right. Right. You know, and I had the ability to live away from college and still get state services because I was able to advocate for that because I had a mom that was very with it and was my role model and kind of advocacy like, um. You know, and she really never took no for an answer, and I guess that's where I've gotten my kind of if not me, then who, yes. and and why not kind of attitude. Um, yeah. How do you feel about? Oh, and but I have I have, yes. I have I have cerebral palsy. I should say.
1: No, again, you know, we're just getting into the meat and potatoes of the emotion of, you know, existing in the climate of the world. And so thank you for sharing now that that is a piece of of your puzzle.
0: Yes. And so I guess where musical theater falls into this whole thing is I, um, I always kind of been drawn to entertainment. Ever since I can remember, like I remember, I used to watch Friends with my mom yeah. when I was very, very, very young, like very young, and I didn't speak for a very long time because of my dysarthria and like things with my CP that like I had going on. But when I could mutter words, I would, I would crawl up to the TV, and yell, "David Schwimmer!" <laughs> At least that's what my mom says. And I, I just loved it. You know what I mean? Um, and then, I don't know, my preschool teacher used to tell me that I was going to be famous. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. And then, you know, elementary school music class, loved it. Like, I was just yeah. one of those kids. We did, like, the school play in second grade on Grandparents Day. I was all about it. Um, and then in middle school, I really caught the the music bug because I had a wonderful chorus teacher who really started to nurture my love and my passion for performing. And then I fell in love with Broadway. Like when I would say I saw my first Broadway show um, when I was on the brink of being seven, I saw the Lion King. And I remember thinking, (sighs) oh, I I remember thinking, Sherry, like if I'm seeing – People transform. I think that means that I can be anything, and I and I think for a long time I wanted to be an actor because being disabled didn't feel good, right? So I wanted desperately to be somebody else. But now that I feel empowered by um, being disabled, I'm really interested in joining the the two and really telling. Disabled narratives through all different kinds of lens.
1: And I really love that you're saying that because part of the work that RTA does and part of our, the growth of our program is sort of looking at all of the roles that could be played, well, that were authentically about disabled people that were played by people who were non-disabled all this time. And then roles that actually have, you know, no path of...
0: Yeah, why not, right? Well, yeah. And I feel like for so long, I would count myself out of things, Sherry. Because, like, I, I, I didn't think... And I'm going to actually say something that I've never really said in public before. When I used to go into auditions, I was very concerned about looking disabled. Up until about five years ago.
1: Was it because people can't process disability without judgment and misinterpretation? Or is it because you actually are intersectional and that that's the first thing that people might notice that I mean it's different with everybody but what do you think it is and what did you see change I
0: don't in in me in you personally in, yeah. in me I don't know it was all all about um if I had scratches on my chair I would be neurotic about it oh because okay. it was like oh my god they're I'm already in a chair like if I don't look perfect oh. um they're not gonna like. They're not gonna cast me. And like, you know, my my hands sometimes can present a little funny. And you know, my I have dystonia, so my body sometimes presents weird positionings. And I was always so concerned about that until I honestly met other performers with disabilities through the Inclient, uh, Alliance for Inclusion. In the arts, which is no longer around, but um, the community is still very strong. And I'm so glad that I, I found that that organization who was working with CSA at the time, yes. and they would sponsor workshops. So I really got to know people like Rachel Handler and Melanie, Melanie Waldman and everybody, um, and Ali Stroger, of course. Yes. And, but I, I actually, Allie was the one that pointed me to inclusion, the Alliance for Inclusion in the Arts. She was like, "Do you know about these people?" Because At that point, I didn't have an agent. I like, you know, I was still very much like doing it all on my own. But like I said, I was very concerned about the way that I looked. Like I needed to sit up straight the whole time. And mind you, Sherry, like I, I'm not sure if you, if you. Saw my short film.
1: I certainly did.
0: But it was all about how puberty was very traumatic for me. So up until after puberty, my my range kind of.
1: You know, <laughs> it happens.
0: Shortened. Yes. It shortened. Um, thus, I told you before, like the songs that I would sing pop rock, I would have to sing like the lamest part of the song. Right. <laughs> right. You, you know? Yes. Because, right. I, because
1: you a, I, that's where you're at.
0: Because that's where I was at. And I yeah. didn't really have um, good guidance in the pop rock arena to be like, oh let's do it like this instead. <laughs> Maybe you'll fare better. Um oh my god, can I tell one more audition story that of I of course think, that I think people will appreciate and I really appreciate the person I was then that had the boss to do that. I remember going to the open call for the national tour of Spring Awakening. Mind you, I loved Spring Awakening. But as a senior in high school, I definitely had no business being there. (laughs) Mind you, I didn't know anyone who really played piano. I didn't want to ask my um, course teacher because I I knew she was going to give me a little bit of an attitude like, why are you doing Why are you it? going? Why are you going to that? Yeah. Um, and mind you, before that, I had actually auditioned for 13. <gasps> yes, oh, wow. they, they had a disabled character. And Sherry, sure, you're gonna laugh at this, but I went in there and sang, um, "Is it how do I live without you?"
1: Oh my God, you
0: did that Diane Warren song.
1: Oh my God! First of all, thank you for saying it's a Diane Warren song, uh, because people would say it's Leanne Rhymes' song, which it was actually Leanne Rhymes did a cover of it. Cover of it, yeah. Right, and, and then Diane Warren wrote it, so that made me extra special, like. Warm in my spirit to you, yeah. because you said Diane Warren wrote it.
0: no, and and I sang that because that's the only pop music that my voice teacher at the time had. yes. and and mind you, I love her as a person, but she would she didn't really give voice lessons. It was more she would come to my house and we'd sing songs. but we never we never went over technique, Sherry. So like I had had this traumatic voice change, right? And then, I didn't have really good reinforcement, or right. any, or any reinforcement at all. So it just reinforced bad habits, right? So I went to college, and um, I I don't I love I love the teacher that I had in college, but I don't think he necessarily always knew what to do with me. Because, and, I, yeah. because I am disabled and my muscles are affected by my CP. I mean, everybody's muscles, you know, have, everybody has muscular issues sometimes when it comes to singing, of course, because our nervous system can be crazy. No. Um, but for me, there were extra things affecting my larynx, you know what I mean? And so I finally got with a really good teacher. Uh, I should rephrase that. A teacher that's good for me.
1: Yes. That was thoughtful. Yeah.
0: A teacher that's good for me in in, um, December of 2019. And ever since then, things have really um, kind of turned a corner for me. Um, And so when the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge came around, um, and I knew I wanted to do something that was kind of healing towards towards my puberty experience because through my voice lessons I kind of realized wow that that was really 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 traumatic for me
1: first of all I want to acknowledge I I loved this (laughs) I loved this musical short film your voice sounds great and I loved the song you wrote you wrote the lyrics right for the yes. song, I
0: wrote the lyrics and the book, and I directed and produced it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, you're my kind of guy, right? This is I the love, way.
0: In, in Sherry, off the back of the short film, I decided to write a pilot.
1: Oh my god, you and are so,
0: wild! And so right now, I'm I'm writing the pitch deck. Which I had no I had no idea what that was until about two days ago when I looked it up and I was like, "Oh, I get it! I get it! I got um, a pitch!" Yes, yes. Oh, so I have to sell this, and I have to convey <laughs> the, the tone and everything through the presentation. Um, and I, you know, because Sherry, I was born like you, creative, creative. Yes. Just yes, creative. I feel like the universe is like, we'll give you a disability, but we'll also make you really creative. Yep. And, and because you're going to have to be creative to make life work because being disabled is hard. Yes. But also, like, that's going to create, uh, fuel your artistic creativity. Um, and the pilot kind of um, surrounds my life. Which I was always very hesitant to do until like a week ago I was like Actually I think I have like something really here. Yeah, and, you definitely do. And and but I, I feel like that is part of the transformation we're talking about, the fact that I go into auditions and if I present weird body postures, then that, that's not on me to apologize. <laughs> because Disabled people in all forms have existed forever since the beginning of time. So, like you've had, we've had time to like catch up. We just have right. to do a better job.
1: I agree with you. And one of the wonderful things about your video, why I loved it so much, and why I love seeing things change in the disability culture on t- in TV and film, et cetera, Partially, I think you know the thing reason why your video struck me and I think will strike a lot of people is look, this is a, this is a therapy session. It's at beginning, it's a therapy session and how you, you delve into your own psyche about your life and it's, it's musical. And first of all, you know, you tugged at all my strings because I've been in therapy since I was 19, I'm 48 years old. And the trauma That you're talking about that happened to you in puberty you know that trauma also holds so much creativity once you are locked into it and and it can the gate can open and you can take magic out of it and and
0: even the traumatic experiences i feel as a disabled person out in public um sherry i i've been in therapy for quite a while um, and I've also been on medication for uh, a couple of years now. And me too. For me, I'm a big advocate that if you feel like you need it, baby, do it. like do, do it, baby, baby, do it, baby, do it. <laughs> because Sherry, like, I think it was the first time that I said to myself, "Wow, I am doing with so much more than just being disabled."
1: And I think that that's a really big thing that a lot of folks don't understand is that it's it's when you work with a disability or when you're a disabled person. Yeah. There's also your mental health that you have to work with around yes. being in the world as a disabled mental person. person and where, nobody talks about that.
0: Where Where people are often very not kind, like really cruel. Yeah, I I often say like, and the reason why I felt inclined to write a series is because I feel like in my twenty nine almost thirty years of life, I have seen the best in people, and the very worst in people, and everything in between.
1: And wouldn't it be so cool if this series got picked up and all of these experiences these get to be shown?
0: Right. Yes, and that and that because yes, we had speechless, but that and and I don't want to overshadow. We also have things like Ryan O'Connor has special yes. on Netflix, which is awesome. But it is. But this series specifically, um, and I haven't seen Ryan's series in a while, so I don't exactly remember. But um, this series is called Personal, and it is a. Uh, personal look at the personal life of yeah. someone with a disability who also has oh. a personal care attendant.
1: Oh my God. Wow. That has never been anywhere in front of anyone.
0: In front of anyone <laughs> and how that relationship, you An know, incredible relationship. It is, to- it, yeah. it, it is in my, and my own personal care attendant, attendant has taught me so much. About everything. For example, like when she first started working, um, her attendance wasn't very good. Stuff like that. And I sometimes would have the attitude of well, if I can show up to work on time, why can't she? Right? And but the truth is like Christine is African American woman who grew up in a very, very rough household, you know? Yeah. Um, And she's 50, so it was back in the day. Right. Like, you know? So, like, where – and she's expressed to me, really, that she didn't really have any role models. And so one day it clicked to me. It, It clicked for me. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. So it's 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 about my attitude, and 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 my my, and me creating an equitable workplace within my home. It's so it is so fascinatingly personal. Of like, how do you reprimand somebody in your home among your stuff? Like, <laughs> uh,
1: wow. And you know, have and you've had to figure out how to navigate the nuances of each yeah. other.
0: For for example, like I I'm recovering from an eating disorder. I was orthorexic and anorexic. And sometimes um uh whether she intends it or not she can make comments about my 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 body and whether they're bad or negative like sometimes it's hard for her to comprehend that like it affects me like that like you know
1: yes yes and she has to also understand the nuances of you
0: yeah yes and and so it's it's a very' fascinating relationship and also as an actor there's no one that believes in me more than Christine does like you know (laughs) she is no she is really into it and honestly she's a really great actress and she wasn't very confident in her ability to read aloud but through no but through her helping me with self-tapes she is wonderful so, so like, that's
1: so exciting that you actually use her for your acting career
0: as well. Yeah. And she's oh, so amazing. <laughs> in, and she's so into it. And I will put it out there. The 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 pilot is based around Christine and I's relationship mostly with um other characters that include my mom, my dad, and my sister. Um and my name is Brennan, and the main character's name is Brayden. Um Very yes. cool. Yeah, yes, so, Love so it's it. all, all mirroring life but I'm going to put it out there that I want Audrey McDonald to play my personal character <gasps> oh <laughs>
1: I she, wish it so for you she would she be best. perfect <laughs> um, um, wow and so another thing that I want to um, bring up about all of this because it's so exciting is that it, this is also a musical series which means that will there be a music musical numbers inside of these episodes
0: uh, maybe I was thinking about at least one musical episode for sure. With you know yes. I, don't, I don't know about a musical series. The pilot has no music. I was thinking about having music in the pilot, but then I was like, no, maybe I'll save it. Um, save it
1: for a big n- a huge number. Yes. Right. Fully staged. No, no, no no, yeah. no,
0: no, 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 where the whole episode is one musical. Oh. Maybe my God. maybe everything is sung. <laughs>
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Um, Brennan, so many more questions. So are you in you're in Boston right now?
0: Yeah, I've lived here for close to seven years now. Because oh I, to be honest with you, Sherry, like I don't know how my friends with uh disabled friends do it in New York. Like the subway is so not accessible. Um, and so it's like how would I actually, like, function unless I had, like, a Broadway job that was paying, like, a lot of money that I could take cabs everywhere? Well, I mean, the And, good- and, and yeah. ne- never mind, like, housing. Like, I, I did think about moving to New York for a while, but, like, to find housing was so difficult. It's-
1: The other thing that I think we're starting to realize, you know, from the pandemic happening is that New York is cool, but it's not the end all be all. If you're good and you are, you could submit tapes and have people do callbacks and then they fly you out when you book the job.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so looping back to when I was, you know, on the sidewalk at Pearl Studios at one in the morning, um... There was one audition where I was auditioning for City Center Encores. Yeah. And I swear I got there at one in the morning with these um, three other girls from Montclair State University auditioning for... What's that play that they did with all the kids? Runaways? Runaways.
1: I saw it. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. It It was for that. I was number one on the non-equity list. But right before my name, they said no more. No. <laughs> and so I, the, I, that that was when a friend of mine was like, Brennan, you need to get an agent, number one. Yeah. Number two, like you need to start building relationship with casting directors so you can be like, Can I just send a tape? That's right. You know And
1: here's the cool thing that came out of the pandemic, like because very few cool things came out of this other than our consciousness of the damage we do and how we need to repair. Yes. Right. Um, But I think that now we're going to be on camera a lot, my dear. So, you know, I think that everybody's realizing that they're really getting a sense of people and what they're like, because we get to be animals in our natural habitat.
0: (laughs) But, and, and I just hope that all of this sense of, accessibility especially in education that's right doesn't go away because as um as a person that was often denied accommodation in educational settings you know now that now that they're forced to they're like oh it's cool for everybody and it's like what happened back then when i needed it when i needed
1: it right You know, and I remember having conversations with Ali Stroker a lot because I got to be a huge part of like her her process of coming into the Broadway industry as one of her coaches. And I remember her being like at NYU and saying and having them say, we don't know. We don't know. We don't have accommodations for you. And I remember her saying, we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. But also you let me in. Let me in. No, no, but you you accepted me. That's you right. accepted me, and I, and 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 for me, Sherry speaking about my own college experience. I know the past is the past, whatever. But like for what it's worth, like I went there being told, "Oh, we're gonna put you in the dance classes. We're gonna fully," in, and that never happened. Oh my god. They were al- They were always always like, "Oh, you'll just take extra acting classes." Which is wonderful, but like, you know, where was right. my inclusive training?
1: Well, and I think that that's something that we have been in a conversation with, with uh, RTA and the CARE Coalition. One of the members of our team also has CP, um, is queer um, and also latine and you know something that they were saying was going on at school is like okay put me you thank you for putting me in this dance class but like do you know how to work with my body that
0: that that is also the thing yes so like that's when but that's when you can get dance teachers in chairs over Zoom to teach the class remote to that person, right? And,
1: right, and and that teacher could then also study with that person and learn great techniques on how to work with disabled yes. actors in the in the in the uh, in any of the arenas that we need to train you in.
0: And I, and I will say, like, not to dump on my college because that's not what is that's not what I mean, but it's like the first time that I was like, oh wait you don't think my disability is super cool? That's
1: so interesting that that happened at college.
0: Like you because... don't think it's cool. Like I guess because before then, I was surrounded by people that I did think it was awesome. Like, you know, I, I guess I, not that they didn't think it was awesome, but like, wouldn't you want me in the dance program to explore that? wouldn't that be cool for your growth as a teacher <laughs> right you, you can't just bring me into
1: the program to sh- you know as a disabled person and then not work with me to build both of our skill sets <laughs> yes
0: no no but i mean like as a professional i guess like wouldn't you wouldn't you be excited at the prospect yes. of, ex- of expanding your art and I guess that's the first time that I really had that door slammed in my face in that way that I was like, oh, wait, you don't think this is really cool, too?
1: Did you have to spend those years at school uh, um, in a world where you had to keep saying, can you do this? Can we get this? And did they stay in a place of not thinking it's cool or did they catch on eventually and start not, I mean, accommodated, but start actually, like, creating a space for you to thrive in.
0: I don't, no, not really. Like, not really. Obviously, I was, like, struggling vocally. And, like, I didn't have the knowledge then, Sherry, to be like, oh, that means this teacher isn't working for me. Maybe I should try something else. But, like, my advisor also didn't say that. Because your advisor
1: didn't know? Because they'd never... Exactly. That's what happens when you don't. Ex-
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think, and I think, yeah. I was like leaning on them, but like they don't really know without me. But like I didn't know, I didn't know how to bridge the gap then. Right. Are you and
1: finding? Yeah. Are you finding you could bridge the gap in our industry? Yes.
0: Yes. When? Uh, yes. But it, it is hard. Because sometimes I feel like I don't want to step on anyone's toes or say the wrong thing or be too much of a burden.
1: Isn't that funny? When you're actually just asking for accommodation. Yeah. And that, and that is what you have to – that's the burden you have to carry. Or like, right?
0: or like even sometimes when I when – because I um, cause often pitch myself for projects because sometimes I feel like you have to plant seed. That's right. You know, especially for like a say if it was for example everybody's talking about Jamie. Yes. is supposed to come to Broadway. Yeah. And that ensemble is full of people that look about like me. Mm. Right? So sometimes I do have to be like, oh, you,
1: you really should see me, or like you really should see me. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: you really should see me. I think my, um, you know, dis- people with disabilities exist today in every way, every day. So I think, um, in order to reflect our society, <laughs> it would be a good thing. But then, even in like um, roles, I don't know roles that people would not normally think of. Someone with a disability playing. I can't think of anyone, anyone right now that I'd really like to play. But um
1: well, yeah, I mean, may it be, may we reevaluate the any, roles yeah. and and then find ourselves in all of these unique places that but, we never were
0: before. Which was so wonderful about seeing Ali Stroker as Ado Annie, such a classic character in musical theater. You know, but I feel like at the same time. What was so refreshing about Allie's casting is to me, she's the natural choice. Yeah. You know, uh, out out of anybody in that cast for any of the roles, you would say, oh yeah, Allie Stroker is so 80 Annie. Oh yeah.
1: And like, was the standout uh, because she was correct for the character. Like, she was perfect for the character. Right. And I think that that's what I'd like to see moving forward. And it isn't just about disability, but it's really about every place that anybody has ever been marginalized for whatever reasons that they have that now all of the roles and all of the musicals have the truth in the storytelling. Who is the story really about? And then who's the palette of actors? Oh,
0: for, okay. I I have a role now. Mark, Mark and rent. I would love to play Mark and rent.
1: It's a fantastic part for you.
0: I would love to play Mark and Rent, but, but, but in my mind, I was like, oh, e- even auditioning for that Rent National Tour that I had no business at, I I didn't think of myself as that. I was like, oh, maybe I can be Steven, Steve and... Gordon is that the name. Gordon, yes. The the, the screechy. Will name. I lose
1: my dignity? Yeah.
0: Cause yeah. Because I, I was like, oh, that's oh, that's a, that's a sad part that people <laughs> will see.
1: You know, but you know
0: what I'm saying.
1: I do know what you're saying. That's and,
0: a, that's a sad part. So people will buy someone um, with a disability in a this. sad
1: situation like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's so to me, it was like instead of being
0: Mark, who is the center of the story, Mark is kind of neutral.
1: He is kind of neutral and that there is nothing about that role that is not that could not be played by you. And that's the work that we get to do now as facilitators of our new industry or a better industry is. Every single role needs to be looked at at and decided upon. What the entire palette of possibility for those characters are, you know. Ali Stroker and I, at, at the beginning of of our career together, you know, the first thing that I was thinking of is like, oh my god, you'd be such a great um, El Woods and Legally Blonde at college.
0: <laughs> the beginning did, of Ali's career. And did that, she and ever we, go in? Did she ever go in for that?
1: No, she didn't. But it was one of those things that made me go, oh, you have to tell them how to
0: use you. That's what it is. Yes. So I have to plant the idea to be like, oh, that's actually a good idea. Like, you know, because I don't think people often think about Mm -mm. that. Or like even like more, I would love to play more than Spring Awakening. Absolutely. You know, know, I feel like that really calls. Or even like my, one of my dream roles is Charlie Brown.
1: Oh, my God. I played Lucy. <laughs> and, I,
0: and, and I feel like putting an iconic, iconic character like that and placing it within the realm of disability is perfection. Next level.
1: Yeah. Oh, please. And and it excites me, too, because I think even though, like I said, this pandemic has been um, – challenging for every person when we come back there is a world where the casting offices and the producers are going to be like okay you want to change this place show me what you got show me how you want to do it let's see let's see you in this material
0: yeah, but, but but I guess we can hope for that innovation right Sherry yes. because I guess that's what I was saying before like when I was first starting out you know um in this industry, even in high school. I was like, but, but but, but, wait, you don't really think this is so artistic to have me involved, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you don't want to grasp at this opportunity too. And like yeah. Sherry, if we look at our industry now, like it's great and all, but we're still having people that are non-disabled playing disabled parts.
1: Well, you were saying the industry's great and all? I don't think the industry's that great. <laughs> I think the industry sure. is has been an ableist, white, supremacist yeah, yeah, industry. Yeah. So in our you're, rebuilding.
0: No, no, you're right, but, yeah. but but that but that's me as an actor saying yeah. I, don't I want wanna work. to work. I want to work. I don't want to piss anyone off. <laughs> no. But that but, the, but that, that, is, that but that's the, but that's the it reality is, of it because it's the reality. Because Sherry, like I'm disabled, they're gonna need they're gonna need to make accommodations, which cost money. Like, right?
1: right? But isn't that an investment we need to make?
0: Because yes, yes but but in we, my per- in my personality, I'm personality. still yes. still walking on eggshells because you're like, if yes. I'm asking for all of this. I need to be very quote unquote cooperative. Cooperative, which is, which is a piece of shit. But it's like after, isn't it? After years and years of years of, of you know, feeling that way in this industry, <laughs> it's hard to, like, um, snap.
1: Automatically snap out of it, right. Yes.
0: Of, of, of yeah. Automatically snapping out of that apologizing. Right. For being there, for existing in that. For state.
1: existing, and and what's wild is that that didn't happen until you went to college for theater, and until the industry
0: yeah. showed. Be, because before then, I was involved in a in a local theater company where people were super accepting, and like, um, I I did I did tech work for for that company because I knew my voice was not not up to part to do to do the roles and i really didn't play roles in high school except for FGR and annie which I, <gasps> which i loved doing and i was I, I i killed it i and bet you killed you, it you know i i was one of those kids that i was like i don't know about the rest of you kids but i am giving broadway y'all <laughs> i am ready you could tell i was ready um, you know, I was one of those kids. I was, you know? Yes. I was such a show kid. Like I was obsessed. I was obsessed with Broadway. Like I used to go and my my dad, my dad used to drive me, my sister, my cousin to New York like at least once a month to rush all kind of shows. And he would sit his ass in the car. <laughs> While we went any but at the same time, Sherry, he would see shows. He saw Mortal Bundy and League of He <laughs> he saw Audrey McDonald's and One Ten in the Shade. He saw LaShawns in the Color Purple. Oh my like, god. And yesterday my family was talking about all the shows we used to listen to. And my dad um was telling us that he was listening to the color purple on YouTube with Cynthia oh Repo. But it's like, isn't that wonderful? That I think that the yes. arts have really changed him too. That is awesome,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, because he's not just doing it for you and for your happiness. He's getting happiness out of it too for which himself. Is, which he's is something. It.
0: Which is something that I would never expect from you know a seventy-year-old man from from Thailand. You know what I mean? Because yes. the, the arts in Asian culture is is is. Um, it's a funny thing, you know, and I can't, I know for certain my parents probably wish I went to go be a dentist or some, <laughs> something like that, but that's not going to happen. Um, but I, yeah. are,
1: are your, are both of your parents from Thailand? Are no, you, yeah, no, are both but, of your parents?
0: my mom's white.
1: So can I ask a question while we're on the subject matter which is how are they in Massachusetts also?
0: Well they they're in Florida right now cuz they okay. the snowbird but um Oh uh-huh. yeah they live That's cool. <laughs> They they live in my hometown. Okay. I grew up in Fairhaven. Oh.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. So how did everybody do during this during the pandemic and during the the everything that's happened? Were your did your family uh I I like, I don't even know how to ask this how How is your family?
0: They're they're all the they're, they're good, yeah. Thankfully they're good. And I'm really thankful for um the fact that I've stayed really health, healthy and that right. uh I was fortunate enough to get the vaccine. I work at a hospital. Um, So you got
1: the vaccine right away as soon as you were able to get it. Great.
0: I I got it in in February. And that also took a little bit of advocacy because I was like, but wait, what about employees with disabilities who are at higher risk? Like, can't we be bumped up into the, because they did it in waves. Right. Um, and, and, and it ended up working out, but it was very, you know, it was nice for me to say, but no, but no, but wait, what about, you're not going to forget people with disabilities,
1: because so we're
0: forgotten about so often.
1: Right. What do you think we need to do in order to put disability on the front burner? And I understand that Black Lives Matter and all of the race issues that are currently but, in the but yeah. Here's
0: the thing, Sherry. There, there, there. Uh, there is so much about race tangled in this conversation about disability. That's they, right. That's what go, I wanted
1: you to talk about. Yeah, so they go hand in hand.
0: So yes. when we're when we're addressing disability, we need to be addressing class issues and a race, and um, you know, there are many BIPOC people who have disabilities, and like I said before, and it's worth saying again, disability is the only um, group that anyone can fall into at any time. And granted, I've been disabled forever, you know, but there are there are people that become disabled every day, and I really want them. I um, feel like if people become disabled, it becomes a tragedy so often, right? Right. But but if we flip the narrative, and if things were different for disabled people in our society, um, then maybe it could be a triumph.
1: Not only that, but the cool things that come out of the disabilities we work with, the neurodiversities we work with, all the things that we, that make us contain multitudes and make us cool artists. It only enriches it, right? It enriches every, yeah, it gives our point of view uh, a fresh take on the theater world.
0: And then I guess that goes to like, back to my point of like casting directors and producers. It's like... I don't. I don't quite yet know how we um, make them see the value in it, right? Because it's 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 all about money. Yeah. So it's all about making them see that 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 when you see that disability has value. <laughs>
1: That's what's that, so shocking to that me. Disability
0: has currency in our industry.
1: Isn't it so interesting that? People don't think it has value. And in my mind, it has the most value. I have a friend who writes original musicals in Austin. He's part of our RTA team. He writes original musicals and pays disabled actors to write musicals with him and stages them and he and, and and he's actively engaged in that. And I have seen the shows and the concerts, and I went, This is where I want my hundred and sixty dollar ticket to go. But, this is a thrill ride.
0: But 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 if only you were the masses. Like, right. you know, and 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 I love Ally Allie Stroker, and I think she's wonderful and so, so deserving. But at the end of the day, and I'm sure Allie would Say this too. She's only one person right. in a crowd of millions—not uh, millions, but many disabled artists that also are fabulous that aren't being seen as well. You know, and that's not to diminish her accomplishments at all, but it's just to recognize that the spectrum of disability within enter- the entertainment industry is so very wide and varied. You know.
1: Yes, and I think the other thing that I want to mention is that it is our responsibility um, as facilitators of theater to make our audition rooms, our rehearsal rooms, and our performance spaces um accommodate and, all.
0: Yes, exactly. And I, I really Everyone. have to give it I have to really give it to people like Joy Doing and Rosalie Joseph and Danielle yes. Demchak and everybody at the CSA. Equity, yep. Inclusion Committee, they yeah. are really, really putting together a, a um, spectacular effort at really creating um, an even playing field. But well, the, the the CSA is the, only the first step in both right. theater and in television and film, because we all know who is calling the shots here. Yep. It's Barry Weisler. It's, That's right. Yes, you know, right. people that are no longer in the Broadway league. Yeah, you know, it's those. It's it's those yes. people. It's Jimmy Niederlander. It's, yes. it's yes. It's everybody empowers. You know, really, um, seeing the value in, in in disability because even after Allie's win, it's like the floodgates have not run rampant. Like nope. you know.
1: Nope, actually, on the contrary, I think yeah. uh I think that it's as as the city and as theater is coming back, and I put that in quotes, uh I don't think that any that anything should come back until these things get opened up um addressed, and that we come back to an entirely mm-hmm. equitable process. It's just not it's not worth it,
0: yeah, and i I have a question for you, Sherry. Sure. As, as someone who has been in the industry longer than I have, um, why why do you think um, it has taken this long to get this far? Oh
1: my God this this almost requires a cocktail. Um, like why
0: like, do I like, why what? do I
1: think it's taken this long? I think because um non-disabled, the it's because of the audiences. I think it's because of the dollar and the audiences, and that people have been focusing towards a certain kind of white money. Yeah.
0: Um
1: and I, as a white person, am saying I'm a part of that. I have been a part of that system, yeah. right? Yeah. But I but, mean um, Me too. Yeah. Me too.
0: <laughs> have I bought? Have I bought tickets to Scott Rudin shows?
1: I yep, same here. I have. And yeah. And and have I taught some things that have needed to change over the years as well that were incorrect? Sure, to, Sherry. Yeah. Like,
0: that is the point of living. And I guess that's right, baby. <laughs> I guess that's really what I want to impress on people. When you're learning about disability, when you're learning about race, yes, yes you have to do the work, but the work isn't perfect. No and and it's and it's also on me, right, as somebody with um who is in many minorities, to be graceful with people. in their learning, there's a difference between learning and being an ass.
1: <laughs> well, it's really true because and I think the other thing is the reason why people haven't changed is because they would have to address their ego, and yes. ego is is uh it has uh self. As the mobilizer yeah, and, behind that. And uh, and service
0: yeah. is another
1: thing. The ego and service can't go hand in hand with each other. And it, people would have to let go of their egos, egos to properly be in service.
0: And we're in an ego-driven industry. Yeah, we are. Hopefully, not when we come back. Yeah. I,
1: mean, I hope. I, I hope. That's my hope, is that we could see a little bit of regard for everybody else but the people who've had all the opportunities Uh, but but
0: but but i have to say i was listening to your podcast with joy doing and i have to say back in the day joy was doing the work yeah joy and i were the 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 first we were
1: the first auntie allies joy and i back when we were little back in the the day i think we were the only white, white women who were actually listening and yeah. And and asking. Go ahead. And
0: I, and I remember at those auditions, and I would be the only person with a disab- disabled person in those holding rooms, you know, the only one, always. Right. Nobody, nobody else. So, like, I can only, I can. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's got to be, there's got to be more. There's got to be more, and I agree with Allie when she says we have to be the best people in the room. I, I agree with that, but I think there's also a give and take. That I it's agree. Hard, it's hard when you're in the tri- when you've been beaten down so much to be, um, good because I did, t- because <laughs> because I feel like for a lot of people with disabilities, um, I'm very lucky that I get to audition a lot, but for some actors, uh. Disabled actors, they only audition three times a year. So, like, if you're only auditioning three times a year in the room three times a year, how are you expected to do well when, of course, you're going to be so desperate?
1: yeah, and so nervous because you're not practicing all the time because, because that's a privilege. Right. Well, that's a privilege exactly
0: because education in the performing arts is expensive. That's my right. My ultimate dream after I start on Broadway and <laughs> and on a sitcom is to open a a, a free performing arts school,
1: Wow. And would it be what is it? Is it particularly geared towards any particular uh, modality or with anything in mind, or is it just accessible? It's just free for the people who deserve to be trained, yeah, because funded by the arts. No,
0: no, because listen, good training is so expensive, right? Good training is so expensive, and so if you're somebody in some rural area that doesn't have the money. To go to New York to take class or even to take the money to take voice lessons from your like neighborhood person that charges fifty dollars a week. Yeah. Some people don't have that. Like you know, yeah. and so when we're really talking about equity, I feel like money has a lot to do with it. Yes, it does. You know, and 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 some kids have parents that don't want to drive them, so we need to make it virtual so that they have access. You know what I mean? I just really, I think the arts can do so much to change the world, obviously. And so many people turn to the arts, but don't value it in an equitable way.
1: Well, what's exciting is that you are uh, leading the charge with this, Brennan, with your artistry.
0: Yeah, and and that's why I wanted to produce uh, Brennan, a new musical, but actually a short film, to also adr- address the Asian American experience and really uplift that. In the film, you'll see a uh, traditional um, Chinese ritual that's meant to connect with your loved ones. Um, of course, um, this was a mockumentary, so it was <laughs> done in a mockumentary, a satirical style. style. But I really wanted to um, address my... Identity as being Asian because I feel like for so long, it's not something I even considered, you know, because I thought my disability was enough for people to already chew on. Have to process. Right. Well, that's what I was
1: mentioning earlier that like you live at a couple of cool intersections and it's like, which, what, what are people having to diet? How are people processing yeah. you?
0: Yeah, I feel like they don't even get past my disability to get to, <laughs> to notice that you're Asian. Season. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm sorry I'm laughing at that, but that is the truth of a lot of folks that I know that live with disabilities and are intersectional, right? Yes. Is that, like, you have to figure out what are people processing first and how do they process the, the pieces?
0: Yeah. Um, and then, and, and then, and, yeah. And then, like, I'm also uh, – Proudly gay. Um, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another.
1: See, but that's another intersection yeah. that you bring to the table, and where does that get processed with everything? And
0: I and 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 one um, important thing that this this um, series I hope will address is a love life um, when you have a right. disability, because that has been tremendously difficult for me, and I know for so many people. Um, Disabled people, it's so difficult, especially, I feel like, in the LGBTQA plus space. Ironically. Ironically. Ironically, I often think if I was straight, it would be easier.
1: Isn't that so wild?
0: I think it's so wild, but I think a part of it is true because I feel like a lot of gay men, especially, I don't know about gay women, but they they don't want another label They don't want to be the gay man with the person
1: with the person. Yes, because um, and this is you know such an interesting conversation too, and I think we might need a part two because I love talking to you. Mm. Um, That I think that 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 gay men have a trauma, queer men have a trauma that has not been addressed that has been generational since the AIDS epidemic.
0: Now, how do you think that is different from gay women, Cherry? as a gay woman how do you think it's that trauma is different do you think it exists for gay men for uh, for gay women and do you think um do you think as a gay woman that that gay disabled women have the same struggle as gay disabled men do you think it's different
1: e- Yes, because gay men have had a greater uh, amount of assault and trauma from existing in the world than gay women have, unless they identify as, um, you know, nowadays we would be trans, we would be, you know, we've got such a wonderful non-binary, we would have a palette with which we would work with. But back in the day when I was a young queerio... You know, we had butch or femme. And if you were a butch, you were trying to act like a man, which means that you deserve to be punched in the face because you're not. And so if we were feminine at all, and again, I'm putting all of these quotes around it because I don't even use this language anymore. But back in the day, we could could sneak under the radar if we, you know, but if you were a queer man and you were in the world – um, there, to me, there's been a greater pressure for you to succeed. And then from that, you know, succeed after the AIDS epidemic. I mean, again, this is a whole conversation I have, but I think that there is an un, there is an unaddressed trauma in gay men and they are the one, cis gay men, and they are the ones running our industry yeah, and, and harming di- disabled people, harming women, harming people of color yeah. Yeah. Because they've been harmed.
0: And yes. so I'm not
1: saying everybody. I'm just saying, I don't think those Broadway, cis gay Broadway producers that mess with everybody have been sitting in therapy like you and I. No. Working through their trauma.
0: Yeah, and checking their ego. And, we and like, checking oh, their ego. Oh, yeah. oh money isn't everything. I might have stuff wrong with me too. I might yeah. have stuff wrong with me too
1: that is ruining people. I might need to yes. check in on that. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. And actually change my ways. You know, and change my
1: ways for the we, health
0: of all. We we can ad- we can look at our problems, but it, I feel like addressing them is so different. And and somebody said this to me once. I I sort of agree. They were like you, especially when people are around you, they're forced to reconcile with their truth right away, and that is too much for most people that you go on mm-hmm. dates with.
1: Well. I'm a late bloomer, um, and so I just know that it's going to be worth the wait for me when I find the right person. Well, and may it be for you the same thing that all of the work that you did on yourself yes prepares you for a partner yes. who
0: who can meet you where where I, you're well, at where and, I am and I, I do the vice versa meeting them right? where they're at right, right. Yes. and you help
1: each other rise to each other's occasion and sometimes. People have to do what you and I do, which is that I've got to be self-reflective and rearrange my mental furniture before I get with anybody.
0: <laughs> okay. I have one question to ask you that I, I need to make sure I ask you. When did you fall in love with pop rock music?
1: Interestingly enough, and I love this question, let me check and make sure that Brittany is okay with us to go another moment or two before we close up shopping. Sure. Interestingly enough, Brennan, um, because I'm a musical theater performer who loves popular music, it was in the car with my mother because my mother um, suffers from mental health issues and depression. And when disco would come on in the car, I would see my mother light up and start dancing around and – It would change her emotionally and it would change me emotionally, too, because I hated her depression and I hated her mental illness. And those moments in the car when we would put on the disco station or we would put on songs that would just make her emotional and be outlets for her, they became outlets for me, too. So I realized that popular music, for me, I fell in love with it because it was a place that held everybody's emotion and, and, and the song was true to every person who related to it. And, it w- and then later on in life, I realized, well, popular music is great because it, it's post-gender. So we can sing whatever we relate to in whatever key we want to. And past that, it's like, th- this music's for everybody. And so it became a great liberator for me. And it became a place where everybody's emotions belonged and everybody's feelings belonged. And it got me psyched because I do believe that fundamentally it it is having a direct influence on musical theater and that eventually shows will be cast by it you don't have to be a high tenor to play that part you could be a baritone if yeah. you're right for the role you could be trans and if you're right for that role and so then we start eventually going the essence of this character has these qualities
0: yeah
1: and here are eight keys to try the song in let's go
0: yeah i love that it's not amazing <laughs> Isn't that a way to be equitable? And I feel like that's a beautiful way to end this conversation.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And 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 I think popular music is equitable. And I think musical theater can be equitable yes, too. In the and same way. Brennan, where can everybody find you? How do we all follow your lead? Because everybody who listens to this needs to become as big of a fan of yours as mine staff. Oh, thank and they you.
0: will. Um, so I guess You're you incredible. can find me on Instagram at Brennan Cisuri Um you can um, Go in the show notes and just copy and paste my name onto Instagram and you'll find me there. And to view my short film, you can log on to YouTube and just simply type in Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N, space musical, and you'll find it. And uh, my uh, website uh, is BrennanSisarikun.com and the website for the film is BrennanMusical.com. And yeah, um, send me a DM on Instagram. And (laughs) yeah, remember, remember, even when Broadway returns, support your local regional houses and your community theaters and all artists everywhere, because Broadway is not the only place to find theater.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And not the best place to find theater. It's everywhere we make it. Yep. Brennan C. Suri Yes.
0: Really appreciate you. Thank you for being oh, with me today. Sherry, this has been an honor that has been years and years <laughs> in the making. I really like I am taken I was so listeners, I was taken aback when oh Sher- I was like, oh my god, Sherry Sanders is <sighs> in my email box. What do you even mean? I, I really honestly it felt like if Meryl Street had that oh, no. sent me an email. Like, really? I I screamed, Sherry. I screamed. <laughs> and then I remember that time at the Rent audition when you told us that Rent was about love. Yeah. Thank I'm gonna, you. I mean, I cried because I feel like auditions back then were so scary for me because I felt like I ended <laughs> up have the equipment to succeed. But going into that Rent audition, just um with with the thought of love on my heart made it easier for that moment and so i i really thank you you.
1: listen we're gonna be collaborators next we're gonna get to work on pop rock songs so yes (laughs) i'm yours perfect here's to a great here's to a great collaboration between you and i
0: yes and
1: everybody thank you so much for being here with me and brennan um on cause and effect and stay tuned for more of our past the mic coming soon brennan thank you appreciate you
0: i appreciate you too sherry thank you
1: hey everybody it's sherry sanders thanks for listening to this episode of cause and effect Cause and Effect is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and music by Courtney Bassett and Andrew Swackhammer of Starbird and the Phoenix. Special thanks to Stephen Farizy. Thank you. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream. You should also follow me on Instagram (laughs) at rocktheaudition. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm backslash cause and effect. Peace.